brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches, this is the most talked about radio show in Bay County, The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. Sorry, I was still getting the show ready. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, January 5th. Hope you are having a fantastic morning. By the way, uh, as the commute already gets started this morning, just want to let you know, if you happen to be on the roads, uh, 390 over there by Frankfurt, between Frankfurt and airport. I don't know if it's still there. It's reported that it is still there, but there was a Bay County uh, sheriff that was involved in an accident with a car. So um, as I was rolling through there about 45 minutes ago, it was a mess. It's uh, according to FHP, it's still reported that it is there. So uh, if you're taking 390 this morning, uh, right now, just giving you the heads up. Hopefully everybody's okay. I saw everything and it looked like there was three cars involved. Didn't look too, too bad, but still, hopefully everybody's okay. Never want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, anyhow, good morning. We have got so much to talk about today again. And then the mess continues yesterday. Oh, boy. This, uh, oh. I, just, and, and there's so much about what's going on in Washington right now. And it, it is beyond just the battle for uh, trying to get um, the uh, the Speaker of the House, which is, as we've known, has turned into an absolute uh, potty break show and the emotions coming from each side is uh is is interesting i mean right now the democrats first off they are eating this up they are loving this hakeem jeffries came out yesterday and he was talking about how oh, this is this is a danger to our democracy um jeffries sit down for a second let me explain something to you i mean first off we are not a democracy but I, and I love how the, the left constantly, it's a threat to our democracy. Um, having a debate about who leads the Congress, I don't think that's a threat to our democracy. And just once, I mean, if we could possibly, and I know this might be too much to ask, it really might be, but if it was possible for us to go through like one week Without the Democrats saying a couple of key things. One, threat to democracy. If everything on the planet can stop being a threat to democracy for just one week, that's all I'm asking for, just one week of this. 
Make sure that things are not racist. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, the transphobic, the homophobic, the phobic phobic, uh, and all this other stuff. And just, just one week. Oh, and fascists. Can we also get fascists banned for a week? That would be fantastic. To just one week without that stuff. That, and I also wish that more of our politicians would start, uh, you know, reading some books. I mean, fascist. It doesn't take that much to, to look it up. You can grab your phone and ask your phone to tell you what it is. And your phone will tell you what it is. Almost as if it's it's just too much to ask for. Uh, but it, it has been... Um, it's been a very interesting show to watch what's going on in D.C. I think, what was it, is a total of six or seven votes that we're at at this point? And one of the last votes, it seems like um, it, it got worse for McCarthy. One of the brand new um, congresswomen elect. Because remember, uh, all these congresspeople that are in there are congresspeople elect. They're not actual Congress people yet because they got to get sworn in, which they can't do until there's a Speaker of the House. But this newbie, she was just like, no, nope, voting present. It's like, present? That's it? And yes, Stephen, by the way, thanks uh, thanks for shouting out to me this morning on uh, on Facebook. And I did see the, uh, the Hannity interview uh, last night with Lauren Boebert. And if you haven't seen that, uh, first off, look, I know I, I might say something that's, that's probably going to upset a few people, but that's okay because, look, I got my opinion, you got yours, and we, we like to talk it out, and, and that's what it's all about, having our opinions. I like Lauren Bobart, first off. I really do. And I think she's kind of cute, but that's just the dude in me. I like her, but there's sometimes there's some things where I just kind of go, oh, God, Lauren. But last night, uh, when she was, uh, she was on with Sean Hannity, and, and honestly, Hannity, I'm not the biggest fan of him sometimes. I've met him, and he's actually a really nice guy. Um, but, like, as far as his show sometimes, I just, I. And, and last night was a perfect example. He invited Lauren Boebert on. And, and I totally get the, the play devil, devil's advocate on it. Because I do. It's, and as you know, sometimes I will play that same role. Because sometimes you just have to have uh, another viewpoint of it. Even if it's not yours, sometimes you got to bring it up so that it can be discussed. Well, Hannity had her on last night to, to basically talk about how, you know, what the heck's going on here. And she's trying to make her point. And of course, Hannity, in his typical way, prefers to be heard over anybody else. And, and that's, that's the thing that drives me nuts about Hannity. It, it's, the dude's ego is bigger than his head. And, and he, he does have a big head. And last night, uh, it was like, <laughs> and again, he does this all the time, which drives me crazy. He, and you know what? I should see if I can grab the audio of this. Uh, I'm sure it's on, on YouTube someplace. But last night when they were, were doing the, uh, the interview, um, he tried to play the devil's advocate with uh, Lauren Bobart, who was making her, what the hell did I just type in there? Um, so I can't, sometimes I can't type and talk and think all at the same time. It just doesn't work. Uh, so last night when, uh, when he had her on, they were talking about the votes. She's saying, you know, Hey, obviously 
he doesn't have the votes. Sean Hannity kind of comes up and he's like, hey, uh, let's play a devil's advocate on this. Um, and, and again, just cuts her off. And uh, that, sometimes that just drives me crazy. It's like, shut up and let people speak for a second. Um, let me see if I can find it real quickly here. Oh, it's 10 minutes long. That means I'm going to have to, what the heck? Um, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll find the actual clip. Um, so we can, uh, we can watch that here in a minute. Uh, I'll get it after the commercial break. But, you know, what I'm watching right now is this, this criticism about how, you know, there's, uh, you know, what is it, 220, 220, 222 Republicans? And you need 218 votes in order to win the speaker's race. And um, see, Stephen, you're on it today, man. Good golly. Uh, thank you. Um, and there's 20 people right now, well, actually 21 people, that are really just not going with the flow. And what I'm enjoying the most is watching the establishment aspect uh, along with the um, uh, the the rebels that we're seeing and, and watching the difference back and forth of the argument. That's what I'm enjoying. And of course, this is great because this, by the way, it's the first time in a hundred years uh, that we have experienced this type of thing. And um, I'm sorry, I'm doing five things at one time. Hang on. Hang on. We, we've got this. The show's going to be focused. I promise you at some point here, we will be, uh, we'll be focused. But um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, we're talking about, uh, <laughs> how you doing? My coffee hasn't kicked in yet. So we, we, we've got the, the difference going on between the establishment who can't understand why you have uh, these rebels, these disturbing people that won't just get along. And I'm loving it because of the fact that, one, this should be what our democracy is about. This shouldn't be one of those, hey, um, it's my turn, so everybody get on board. Period. Stop being a little pain in the neck and understand who's really in charge. We are the elite, and you will bow down to our commands. Vote for me. And quite honestly, watching the way that, um, that McCarthy has been handling it, I'm becoming less and less impressed with him. And you know I'm not a big fan of his to begin with. And, you know, I will call it like I see it. You know, the past few weeks he has been laying things out. But, but then again, it's also one of those things where, you know, the house finally burns down to the ground and you go, oh, hang on, let me call the fire department. <laughs> Thanks, but the house has already burned down. Yeah, that's kind of one of the Kevin McCarthy things. And he, look, he, he's got a history. He's got a history, and that's one of the reasons for why you have um, most of these 20 people here um, actually stepping up and going, um, hey, you remember all the stuff that you did before? And as Matt Gates has pointed out, he can't trust him. And last night, um, Last night, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of the, uh, the, the McCarthy supporters and uh, McCarthy himself. They're going to do the, uh, the, the going around and, and try and convince, oh, hey, you know, uh, I'll do this if, if you just give me the vote. 
And there's going to be a lot of that. But one of the things that that has been discussed in this mess um, has been a um, an agreement to, and I don't think, I'm not sure if they've ever done this before, but basically it is an agreement where if uh, if if certain people don't if a certain number of people don't like the job that he's doing, then they, all they got to do is say, "Hey, I don't like this," and then it would be a recount, revote for the Speaker of the House. And as much as I kind of like that idea, and I do, um, it's kind of, it, it doesn't make sense the way they, they went at it. Originally, apparently the deal was if five people say, hey, I don't like the job that you're doing, that he would step down and they do another vote, whether he gets voted in or not. The rumor now is the deal that they were trying to get last night was one. Now, for somebody who wants this so bad and has to become the Speaker of the House because it's my turn, it's my turn, I want to be the Speaker, you would think the last thing that he would do is want to actually get in there and say, all right, I'll tell you what, uh, vote for me as Speaker of the House and it will we'll reduce that down from five people to just one. So if one person... Out of the 420-something, 30-something, whatever it is that we have up there, says, you know what? I don't think he's doing a good job. He needs to step down. We need to do the vote again. We could go through a whole nother week of, oh, God, here we go. Now, everything's got to come to a screeching halt. No more committees. No more votes. No nothing. Everybody, come on. We got to vote for the Speaker of the House again. And then it would be just, I mean, God, how many times could we do that? And the abuse of that. So, I mean, there's that aspect of it. But then there's also, can we trust him? I mean, for somebody who wants that so bad, and one of the reasons for why there's the opposition to McCarthy is because these people don't trust him. So could we trust him to actually say, yes, vote for me as the speaker. And what I'm going to do after you make me the speaker is that I'm going to make a rule that if you don't like me as the speaker, if one person says it, then we'll redo the whole vote. I I can't buy that. I can't buy that he would legitimately live up to that promise after he's elected Speaker of the House. I, I don't buy it because that is not something that the egotistical <clears throat> leaders would ever want. That's giving up their power. And of course, the other thing that uh, the Freedom Caucus really wants and I'm glad that the Freedom Caucus is doing this. You know, is this may sound like it's all chaos, but it is needed because the system needs to be shook up. And not only does it need to be shook up, more and more people need to see who it is that are these political elite snobs. And let me tell you, they are they're being highlighted in Congress right now as if there are spotlights on them and people standing there pointing them out going, "It's him." Right here, this is the one. And of course, you're also seeing the ass kissers. And and I I I have I've called her out a few times, and 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 you know what? I like her, but there's things about her I don't really particularly like, and that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is coming across as such a butt kisser; it's ridiculous. But you watch, and if you pay attention, 
uh, to the finagling that's going on. You can see it. You can see who it is that's elitist and just want this power thing going on. And that's dangerous. And we got to stop that. So I'm supporting the, the 2021 that are, uh, that, that are pushing back on this because it needs to happen. It really, truly does need to happen. But the question now is, how far is McCon- or, uh, McCarthy willing to continue going before he realizes this isn't going to work? And again, Hannity, you know, he's, he's another one that's just in love with McCarthy. And you can tell by the, um, by the dispute that he had with Lauren Boebert last night. And I'm going to grab that clip. Uh, we'll play that after the commercial break. So we're going to take a quick commercial. But the, the whole thing in Washington, it may seem chaotic. It may seem like it's a mess. It may seem like it's a bad thing. But you know what? In the end, this may be a really good thing if people keep fighting for their principles. If overnight, which you know that overnight there was a lot of the, uh, hey, tell you what, and the strong arming going on. If overnight these people don't cave and they hold to where they want, be interesting to see what happens. However, if it ends up being one of those situations where all of a sudden people get a committee that they wanted, that's it. Zero respect for any of these clowns. Hang on. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. Good morning. true patriot telling it like it is the brian rush show is back on wyoo news talk at 101 all right welcome back to the show good morning so i want to play that clip for you from lowen bobart and sean hannity last night with uh with the, the bit of the de- debate that they got it was um yeah i'll just play it for you so you can hear it uh, this was uh, Hannity last night with Lauren Bobart. Congresswoman Bobart. Now, Congresswoman, let me, let me, you tweet, uh, Town Hall quoted you today saying the president, you, you said complimentary things about President Trump, needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes. It's time to withdraw. Let me turn the tables, Congresswoman. Kevin McCarthy has 202, three votes. Your side has 20. So if I'm going to use your words and your methodology and your math, uh, isn't it time for you to pack it in and your side to pack it in, considering he has over 200 and you have 20? Sean, I understand the frustration, I promise you. But I'm not um, frustrated. You didn't answer my question. And we are hearing... We I'm are not, hearing I'm from many frustrated. people who are still voting with Kevin McCarthy. You're not answering my question. Of what- hey, Sean, here's an idea for you. Shut up for a second. I'm just saying. I mean, you can hear it in her voice. She's like, hey, I'm trying to... Would you, you're not answering my question. You're not answering my question. You're not... Keep going. What we're doing, and they're cheering us on. So there are more for us than are against us. And they are waiting for Kevin to cave. Okay. Um, you know, the American people are certainly frustrated by... I'm frustrated by you not answering a direct question. You said to President Trump, you, you said earlier today that President Trump needs to tell and Kevin, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy does not have you don't the have the we votes. We need to come up Hold with a consensus candidate to elect a Can speaker of the House. You don't have the votes and it's time to withdraw. He has 203. Your side has 20. Why is it time for him to withdraw and not you when he has so many more votes? 
Well, Sean, he needs 218, and he does not have 218. We've been trying Neither to work this you. out in private, as you said, for months. But Kevin McCarthy didn't even want to listen to us until his disappointing midterms. We all want a unified party. But this isn't chaos. It's a functioning constitutional republic. When everything is said and done, okay, I like the uh, House Republicans will be stronger and better prepared to lead than we ever have before. I believe that this read? is what our founding fathers intended, and okay. this is showing Yesterday that you our voted. votes are working. Our votes aren't just a, a, a cast Congresswoman, to I'd ask you not to filibuster. Yesterday, you know what? I don't even. I don't even find that to be filibustering. I find that to be Sean Hannity not wanting to hear from somebody opposite of the elite, uh, you know, uh, politicians that are in charge and the ruling class. I just. Again, there's things about um, Lauren Bobart that kind of annoy me sometimes. But to be honest with you, I was pretty impressed with her standing her ground on that last night. And the fact that Sean Hannity was fighting her last night on that. I mean, look, we have, you look back in history of when we've had governments, and I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about in general, the world history. When you've had governments that were dictators, that were just bad governments, it wasn't always the majority of people that said, all right, enough of this, we need a change. It was always a small minority that said, no, hang on a second. We can't keep going with this status quo. This is not good. We need to change. And Lauren Bobart and the rest of the 20, 21 that are fighting on this, they are saying, hey, listen, seriously, we've got some issues. We can't continue going down this road of this elitist ruling class. We need to get things back to the people. Sure, there are more people that are voting for him than against him, but they're also the ones that are out there going, I need that committee because they don't have a set on them. Hang on, we'll be right back. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, 
Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This On The Fly segment on The Brian Rush Show is brought to you by On The Fly, a new concept bistro and caterer located in the heart of PCB. From savory grab-and-go lunches to Firefly's fresh sushi, available for dining in or catering. Add fresh breads and sweet desserts made daily. Check them out on theflypcb.com. Now here's Brian on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning, and man, it may seem like a lot of chaos going on in Washington with this debate over the Speaker of the House, but honestly, it's, I think this is way past due. Like, way, way past due. And I know it's it's one of these things where now you're seeing the elite class kind of snub, oh my God, there's 20 of you that are that are fighting against everybody else. 20 of you against 400. How, how dare you do this? You know, it's, it's his turn. Give him the chance. And again, I've said this over and over again. Kevin McCarthy's had plenty of chances to prove that he's a fighter. And just saying words, that's not showing that you're, you're that much of a fighter. Only coming up in January, we're going to do these investigations, but we can't do anything now. And again, this is something that I, I, I've got to drill into everybody's head so you, so you really understand this. When it comes to the changes that we are seeing in our society, this is not because of a, a majority of the people in this country saying, you know what, we need to have transgender bathrooms. Hey, you know what, we need to be able to, to do all of this. We need to do, no, it's a small minority of people that are doing it. And they are so loud, so obnoxious. They get into everybody's face that it comes across, oh my God, look at that, there's a lot of people. And granted, many of our politicians are always worried about their image. And oh my God, these people are protesting me. Uh, we, sh- we should cave into them, make them happy. Of course, the problem is, is you've got like, you know, an eighth of the people that, that are not happy and they do this. And meanwhile, the other seven-eighths of the people are like, um, hello, <laughs> you remember us over here? And something else that I have I, I talked about that drives me crazy. When it comes to the way Congress operates, when they do things where instead of voting on bills and instead of debating on bills, they will have somebody come into the chamber and literally is like the only person in the chamber. So you'll have this congressman or congresswoman that'll be standing there in the chamber. And if you've never been in that chamber, let me tell you, it's a pretty big room. So here you are standing at this podium as a congressman or a congresswoman, and you're coming in to try and make your point about a, a bill, and you want to debate this a little bit. The only other people in that room is staff. That's it. The people that are sitting there writing down what it is you're saying and doing little staff administrative things, and, and that's it. Meanwhile, everybody else is off at committee, off uh, having lunch with some, uh, uh, you know, K Street person or something like that. They're not listening. 
they may have the uh, the C-SPAN on in the office and maybe some of their staff might be watching, but they're not listening, they're not paying attention. The thing I would love to see happen, I really do, instead, instead of doing this omnibus bill where all this crap gets thrown in there and all these bills where you have 15, 20 different things in there that nobody reads because the bill's too long and you've got too many things, I want to see it being done just like on the local level. I want to see it where... Okay, what do we got on the docket today? Okay, we've got a bill. Uh, let's see, um, a request for funding to uh, to see if we can get mice to binge drink. First off, who the hell brought this up? Seriously, which, which one of you people brought this? Hands up. Come on, let me see it. You're an idiot. But let's go ahead and vote on it. Are you ready? Uh, anybody got any debates on it? Anybody want to say something on this? No, you shouldn't be able to say anything because you brought it up, so clearly you're stupid. Anybody else? All right, let's go ahead and vote. And then vote on it. And then go, all right, you guys are smarter than you look. Failed. Moving on. Next bill. Get everybody in the room. Let people be able to debate. I don't even care if they spend an entire day debating as to whether or not we should spend a million dollars to find out if, if mice can be trained to binge drink. I'd be okay with that. Because honestly, I would like to see what every congressperson has to say. I would love to see the people that are for it come up and say, yes, we need to make sure that, uh, that we spend enough of our tax dollars um, to make sure that we can research about mice being able to binge drink because it's really good for society and it's going to help every American knowing that mice can binge drink. I'm telling you right now, if we had a system like that <laughs> where, where if you're going to vote on a bill, and remember, this is a real thing. What was the actual amount? Hang on, let me look it up because that was actually on... Um, that was on Rand Paul's uh, Festivus report. Was the uh, the binge drinking mice? I mean, there was so much stuff. But seriously, if if you actually had a moment where Congress now has to step up, and you have got to prove why you're going to vote yes for that, that would highlight so many things. One point one million dollars on training mice to binge drink alcohol. Now, if you were a congressperson and you were forced to actually have to stand up there in front of everybody and say, I guys, I want you all to vote for this and this is why I support it. First off, that's a campaign ad to haul your ass out of Congress. I mean, if I was going to run up against a congressperson for their seat and they voted and actually said, this is why we want to have $1.1 million of your taxpayer dollars spent on training mice to binge drink alcohol. That's all I would have to do for an ad. Because if I did that, I think everybody in the district would be like, oh my God, are you kidding? No, vote that person out. Got to vote the other one in. I mean, the entire commercial would be nothing but that sitting congressperson saying why they support spending $1.1 million on training mice to binge drink alcohol, followed with just one thing at the end. Boom. Logo. Rust for Congress. That's all. <laughs> I mean, that you want to talk about effective. And you want to talk about cleaning out the swamp? Oh, my goodness. If we were to get that, that would be absolutely fantastic. 
if that's something that we could get. And make them actually get out there and debate. Because they don't ever want to debate. So watching what's going on right now has actually been a great thing watching them debate. And Chip Roy from Texas, he starts off his speech spot on. I mean, absolutely perfect. This is uh, Chip Roy from, uh, I believe it was yesterday. So this is what the chamber looks like when we're actually debating and the bodies are in the chairs. Is that, I got to stop it right there. The first line that he says. That is sad that that is the way that is being said. Because if you look at governments around the world, even in Canada, I mean, we can throw a snowball at them. They're so close. Even in Canada, they all are there as they debate. Whenever there's a debate in the U.S., nobody's there. Nobody is there. How many times have we been down here giving speeches and there's not a soul in the chamber? Yet this is what it takes to get 440, 435 people in the chamber and have an actual debate. The American people are watching, and that's a good thing. What we're doing is exercising our rights to vote and have a debate and have a discussion about the future of this country through the decision of choosing a speaker. This is not personal. It's not. This is about the future of the country. This is about the direction of the country. American people who are looking at this body and wondering why we can pass $1.7 trillion bills that are unpaid for. They can just slide in $45 billion for Ukraine but not pay for it. $40 billion for emergency spending and not pay for it. 10% increase in defense spending. 6% increase in non-defense spending and not pay for it. And not do a thing except put language in a bill that prohibits our ability to use the money to secure the border. That bill gets rammed through, and we know exactly how it gets rammed through. Because the defense world and the non-defense world come together and say, you know what, we're going to cut a deal, and we'll all go to the mics, and we'll all go give speeches, and the American people are the big losers. That's what happens. We know that's what happens. The Rules Committee sits up there and passes a bill, sends it to the floor, and we have no debate on the floor of this body. We haven't been able to offer an amendment on the floor of this body since May of 2016. The former leader and I have discussed this right here. That's true. But the fact is, this place has to change. It has to change. And the change comes by either adopting rules and procedures that will make us actually do our job, or it comes from leadership. And people ask me, what do you want? I want the tools or I want the leadership to stop the swamp from running over the average American every single day. We can't keep doing this. I'm going to sit here until we figure out how to stop spending money we don't have. I don't want any more empty promises. I don't want any more, oh, don't worry, trust us, we'll do it. I want to know that we're going to be able to exercise our rights as a member of this body to stand up for the American people and actually fix this country. And it's not going to happen when we use our men and women in uniform in defense and wrap ourselves around that and then spend more money that we don't have weakening that defense, weakening our country in the process. But that's what we just did. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am asking for us to come together and figure out how to solve these problems. And to do that, I'm going to do what I did my very first act as a member of Congress or as a congressman-elect and nominate Jim Jordan for speaker. Now, Jim has said he doesn't want that nomination, and Jim has been down here nominating Kevin, and I respect that. And again, I have no personal animus towards Kevin. And I've worked for the last two months to try to figure out how to get the rules to make this place better, and we've made progress. But we do not have the tools or the leadership yet to stop the swamp from rolling over the American people. Jim has been doing it. He has a track record of doing it. And for those reasons, I am nominating Jim Jordan from Ohio for Speaker of the House of Representatives. So that was uh, Congressman uh, Chip Roy from Texas, who I like him. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. And he's spot on. This is not something that's personal. It's about picking the right leadership. It's about, you know, getting in there and finding somebody that can be trusted. Matt Gates has said, look, we can't trust Kevin McCarthy. Chip Roy points out the fact that, hey, look at all of this money that we keep spending. We keep wasting it. There's no leadership to say knock it off. And Kevin McCarthy is not one who has fought this stuff. And it just makes me wonder how much longer it's going to take before these elitists and butt kissers realize that we need to change the system. It needs to change. It needs to stop. Again, you look at just Rand Paul's Festivus report and that amount of wasted money. The almost $1.8, $1.9 trillion ominous bill that was just passed. Oh, it's so important that we got to keep government open. And you go through that thing, 4,155 pages. Go through that and you tell me how much of that stuff was absolutely critical to make sure that government was still running. 233-9988 is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Yes, sir. As far as my situation, yeah, being drinking, I think Nancy Pelosi's getting ready to leave Congress, so <laughs> she has to have a job <laughs> to, to help cure herself. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even think about it that way. I mean, I was thinking more along the lines, if you really, really want to teach some mice how to binge drink, just send them to some college right. campuses or something. Yeah, she'll get paid to help herself. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's kind of funny. It really is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it ain't, it ain't. It ain't kind of funny. That's funny. She yeah, it is. That is funny. I mean, I don't. I don't care if somebody's offended by that. That's funny, uh, without a doubt. Hey, man, thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, and maybe, maybe that is where the binge drinking thing did come from, because I think we all know Nancy Pelosi's getting ready to to exit. And I, I have a. Has anybody heard from her? By the way. Have you noticed how Zippo quiet she's been now? You know, she's still in Congress. She didn't, like, leave. Still there. Still Congresswoman. Pretty darn quiet. And she's probably sitting there putting her feet up going, <laughs> hang on, let me crack open another drink. Hang on. Ah, oh, that's good. Oh, this is great. And what I love, too, is it, it, you watch the... Again, the it's, it's two different groups that are in, in, in one gang. It's the butt kissers, the ones that got to get on that special committee so that it looks good for me. 
And then you've got those just elitists who don't want those common folk. I mean, God, I can't believe they're talking about the people. The same people that have been very anti-Trump, very anti-first, America first. You get these people and they just, they, they don't see what's going on. And they're getting so mad at the 20 rebels that they're out there. Because they have finally had, I mean, look at this. This is, this could potentially be very political suicide for all 20 of them. If Kevin McCarthy does end up winning, if it's a situation where enough of them go, all right, fine. All right. You got my vote. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you can do. And you know, and you can see it in Kevin McCarthy's face. Facial expressions don't lie. You can see how angry he is. And it's not just, a, I'm mad that this is taking forever. It's one of those, I'm going to get you my pretty kind of looks. You can see it in his eyes. I'm a big person when it comes to body language, and I've been watching his body language. And you can see the vindictiveness that's getting ready to, to creep up in there. You can see the way that he'll look across the Congress and see somebody. So what's going on with these people that are, uh, that are really protesting the whole, just give it to my turn, McCarthy. They're at risk of their political careers. Because if Kevin McCarthy does wind up in the position, and again, he can only lose four seats. That's all he's got. He's only got four that he can lose. So he's got to have everybody but four just in order to win this. And you know that those people, he's going to go after them later in one way or another. Whether it be Matt Gates wants to bring up a bill that's going to help out the entire country or just Florida. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to put that over here. Yeah, Matt, maybe we'll bring that up for a vote later. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not now. Oh, what committee did you want? Ah, yeah, sorry. That, that committee is all full. But wait, you know what? I do have, hang on, wait, there's, um, there's a committee here on environmental cleanliness for trash cans. Uh, I'm looking, oh, I got a chair for that already. So um, I'm just going to put you on that committee. Uh, and if anything else opens up, uh, hey, I'll let you know. Because nobody wants to talk to the guy that's sitting on the uh, the trash can chair. The Committee on Environmental Trash Can. Nobody cares. Not that that's a real committee. I'm just making that up. But that's, gonna, what, that's what will end up happening. So, I mean, at this point now, just based on the fact that there's been so much animosity towards Kevin McCarthy, and you're seeing it across the country, too. People are like, dude. I mean, it may be time for him to say, eh, you know. <laughs> Okay. And then the other names being thrown around. Steve Scalise. I love Steve, Steve Scalise. And I think he would be a great Speaker of the House. But the problem with that one, there's a couple of them. Number one, the mainstream media is ready to attack him uh, and, and call him a racist and a KKK member and all that other stuff. They've already got the... Joy Reid, she already leaked that we've got this attack plan on him. So they will attack him in that way to make him a racist just because of the fact that he's from Louisiana. They will hit him hard. But in addition to that, 
um, when I do hear the Steve Scalise's name going around, it's one of those, well, if we get Steve Scalise, then, you know, at least Kevin McCarthy will still be in the leadership. That's the thing, people. The whole thing is, the fight is to not have Kevin McCarthy in leadership. It is time for a change in leadership. And again, another example that has been, been, been used has been, if you are running a business and your business fails to bring in sales, fails to produce a product or whatever else it might be, you don't just look at the CEO or the president of that business and go, well, <laughs> you know what? It was a good run, but uh, let's give you more power. You look at him and go, dude, you failed. And that's what happened with, with, with uh, the leadership in the Republican Party when it came to the midterm elections. They failed. Kevin McCarthy failed. Tater Tot failed. Uh, Ronna McDaniel failed. And uh, what's it in there? Stefanik. All failed. All four of them need to go because you failed to win over the electorate. That's your job. That was your job to do during the midterms, and you failed. So it is time for new leadership. And until that happens, I mean, things aren't going to change. And while a couple of people have come across as this is a personal attack, I think people like Chip Roy really, truly did a very good job at laying out that this is not a personal attack. This is seriously a... A, a thing about the, the, the country, the, the future of the country, and the strength of things, and real leadership. Hang on. We got to take a quick little break. We will be right back. This is The Brian Russ Show. You're listening to News Talk 101. Good morning. The Brian Russ Show. Brian Rust and political correctness have never really gotten along very well. If you have a complaint, fill out a post-it note and throw it away because there's a darn good chance... He just doesn't care if your feelings are hurt. The Brian Rush Show is back on News Talk 101. All right, welcome back to the show. We got to take a break here coming up for news. I want to hear some uh, some things from you. I know a couple of you have been holding on the phones. 233-9988. That's the number. Uh, after we get back from the, the news at the top of the hour, I want to hear from you. 233-9988. That is the phone number. Hang on. We got a break for news. We will be right back. This is the Brian Rush Show. You're listening to News Talk at 101. Good morning. Sometimes the only way to stop him from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry. He'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of the Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches. This is the most talked about radio show in Bay County. The Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. It's hour number two, 233-9988. That is the phone number to get on the show today. Obviously, the, the big thing coming out of Washington right now is the uh, is the mess of the speaker. And it's becoming a mess. I mean, it really, truly is. But I think it's a good mess. I think it's something that, that really, truly needed to happen. It needed to shake up a little bit. It, we had to see this happen. However, there's also some humor in, in a way of just shaking your head. George Santos, you know, the uh, the guy that is uh, Jewish. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not Jewish. I'm Jewish. And uh, now I didn't really work there. And no, actually, I didn't get that degree. But hey, vote for me. Yesterday, when he was uh, being asked to uh, place his vote on one of the eight zillion votes that they did yesterday, they had him on camera. And he's standing there. And, you know, they, they do the roll call. Santos? Santos? Hello, Santos? Anybody, Santos? Santos, anyone? Santos? Santos? Hey, Santos? And they've got him on camera as he's being called. And he's just like, it wasn't like he was he had his head buried into his phone and he's like, you know, checking out some videos or, you know, emails. Or, just complete space shot. Hello? Anybody home? That guy's going to be an interesting one to watch because he refused to step down. He refused to not uh, not uh, get sworn. Well, he hasn't gotten sworn in yet. But he refused after being busted uh, for straight up just lying about everything. But it was interesting uh, to watch that. 233-9988 is the number for the show this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Well, Brian, well, hello, this is morning. What's going on there, man? Morning, man. Oh, oh, I figure I'm going to make the boys mad down in Panty Mall City. Why? Well, isn't Mr. Dunn a member of the House of Representatives? Yes, he is. Okay. Now, is he wanting a three-part question? Mm-hmm. Just following your conversation. Is he one of the 20? No. Is he an elitist, or is he a butt kisser? Um, You know what? <laughs> I've, I've actually... I, I have had a, a conversation with him and I've had conversations with his people um, about this. Uh-huh. And uh, he did vote for um, for McCarthy. And well, he's doing a safe vote. Yeah. Safe. yeah as he, long as he's 20 or out there, he's safe. Yeah. Um, That's what it's called. S-A-F-E. <laughs> yeah. But, he, uh, uh. you know, when, when talking with him a little bit, I think that was, that was his first choice. But he's, he is not a... Lock, step, and barrel, it's going to be McCarthy or nobody. Uh, because from the conversation that I have had uh, with his people uh-huh. in Washington, um, that was his vote, was for McCarthy. However, he is open to other people. So he is he is definitely not a, a locked in on McCarthy. So well, there how is, is that. He, how, how is he going to say, I want to vote for McCarthy? 
Now, this man wants to be king. McCarthy does. Yeah. It's like Joe Biden is king. Yeah. And McCarthy is caving to every little nitpicking nuance that these 20 are coming up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you're going to fall for that, are you going to fall for the intelligence community coming in saying, hey, we got a picture of you with your drawers down. You're going to do what we want. <laughs> Yeah, they don't they don't have that with him. But you know, th- this is this is my thing. And, and and I understand why um why some people are are going to vote for McCarthy. I do get it. Um yeah, but I I, I also that. I also see why to go against him. I mean, you know, I'm not a big supporter of his. Um and and Congressman Dunn and I we've we've literally sat down and we've had conversations about um you know, Kevin McCarthy and you know, I see where he stands on it. Um, I, I wouldn't put him in the category uh, of the butt kisser on it or the elitism on it. I think, you know, he's well, you, he's thinking of other you things. Only, you only gave three options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there there is another option of, you know, just kind of there. Said safe. Yeah, it's safe. Said I, I, safe. Safe would be a good one, yeah. And I think Congressman yeah, Dunn is probably in, in that category, in, in the safe vote. But the thing is... Uh, I, and I'm not sure how many other people are like this because I haven't really looked into others. I mean, I've just simply talked well, with 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 Dunn's well, people about it. But votes, how, how many votes did McCarthy get last time? Two hundred and there was two? there was what like uh, there was what three Minus. three or four votes yesterday, and it seemed like yeah. he, he kept going down. I think the lowest was it two hundred and one. I think was the the lowest that he had something like that. But like every time, yeah, well, Hakeem Jeffries is beating him. That's the Democrat. Well, now, yeah, but now you know how many safe votes there are. That's how many safe people are voting safe. Well, I don't. You know, the umpire's out there. He's got his arms spread and his butt stuck up in the air and <laughs> polka dot drawer showing. He's no, safe. you know, I, I don't, I don't know how many people. Uh, and you're right. That is another category that we can throw in there is the safe vote. And I'm not sure how many people yeah. are, are are falling into that safe vote. Um, but you can tell. Um, who are the the butt kissers and who are the elites and and the, and the safe ones? Um, Absolutely. But the fact that that Congressman Dunn uh, is not a no, it has to be McCarthy person. Um, you know that uh, that I like because well, he he is it, open to other people. Um, and and I, I don't know his whole thought process. Um, I, I've actually I've been wanting to get him on. Uh, on the air, but obviously right now with everything going on, he's a little little tied up uh, to to find out he's about that. Tied but, up, Brian. Huh? Yeah. But getting Mister Dunn on, and I do respect it. Yeah. But getting Mister Dunn on, he's party man, and he's going to do what the Republican lead up there in Lenhaven tell him to do. This is the truth. I don't follow their lead no. and get more. His job as being in the House of Representatives. This is what his job is, Brian. As is whoever the senators are for Florida. It is their job to bring as much money as possible home. That is their job. It is not their job to go up there and have personal opinion. It is their job to make deals, whether over the carpet or under the carpet. That is the job of Mr. Dunn. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the job really truly is to make sure that we are we're doing the job. best for all the people as, as a whole. 
Uh, and, and there's some problems with our politics. And, and what's going on right now with the, the speaker thing, I think, is a is a, a a really good thing because it's opening up a big debate and it's putting a lot of highlights on a lot of things. So I think that is good. Let me let me make some more people there in Bay County. Okay, real quickly, because I got some other calls that are uh, holding. The, there's no difference between the politician and the head of the NRA. They both got enough money to buy a yacht. And that's wrong. How's that? There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with with the with politicians making money that that's a whole other argument. But hey, Earl, got to run. Thanks for the call. I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna get on the IBM 1500 and see what it says. All right, go, go check the dark web for me and then let me know what it says. We got to run. Thanks, Earl, for the call. Two three three ninety nine eighty eight. That's the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Well, that Earl's something special, isn't he? Yeah, he's something. Yeah, he's right about Neil Dunn, though. I mean, he's just a brown noser that does what he's told and can answer questions. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I, you know, I, I, I think he have him on the on, on the air. You know, you could, what color is that red stop sign? And he'll beat around the bush. But anyhow, that's not why I called. Okay. You know what's going on with this whole McCarthy and this Speaker of the House thing? This it, it does bring a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, it does highlight a lot of things going on in the GOP. And most of all, it highlights what Donald Trump has done to your party. He has taken a huge steaming dump on it. Your party is divided. It's probably going to end up being Hakeem Jeffries after all. Now, I mean, it, they, he's, even Hakeem Jeffries has still got to have 218. And and I don't honestly, he's I don't. more votes than everybody. Yeah, but he still hasn't the gotten. Democrats are united. Uh, yeah, but he the still Republican hasn't gotten that magic number. Not. I think in the end, um, somebody will on the Republican side get the 218. It's just a matter of who. And, you know, as far as Donald Trump taking a big dump on the party, I don't think he has. He's What he's done is he is, he's shaken things up. And that's, that's part of what happened with 2016. Is with 2016, when he got elected, he wasn't supposed to be elected. That was supposed to be Hillary Clinton because all the coastal elites. And nobody was anticipating uh, the working class people to finally say, you know what, I've had it and I'm going to stand up. And Donald Trump has highlighted a lot of things that is wrong with Washington. And, you know, it has angered a lot of people. And, yes, it has shook things up, um, you know, and, and I think that is a, a necessary thing because we can't continue going down this road of the elite political class not listening to the people. And unfortunately, you're like what happens here in Bay County. Well, you know, it's politics. It <laughs> happens. For that. It happens everywhere. And that's another reason for why I think this is a great thing that's going on, because it's shaking it all up. And, you know, the Democrats, they're just as guilty as this. I mean, this is not just a Republican thing. It's just as they're just as bad. But right now they're united because they're not fighting for the, the leadership. Uh, the Republicans are. And, and right now, the Democrats, they've got a lot over. The Republicans. I mean, it's it's an uphill battle for Republicans this time around. It really is. No matter who gets the, the speaker's uh, position, it's an uphill battle. But what's going on right now, I think, is a, a great thing. Uh, and I would think it was a great thing if this was the Democrats that were going through this right now. Because it is, it's highlighting the elitist class. It's highlighting the go along to get along. Um, and you know, the thing that the, that most of the 20, I mean, there's, there's probably a couple in the 20 that are like just following right along and with it that they're highlighting that, you know, Hey, we got to stop this. Like, like, you know, uh, Chip Roy, you know, when he started off his speech, the very first thing, look, finally, this is what it takes to get all of us into one room to actually debate, you know, and they don't do that. They don't debate. They don't have open conversations. Uh, and it's all about the ruling class and you know, what's not good for America, but what's good for me. And to see this all getting shook up, I think this is a really good thing for the political aspect. I think 
this will probably be a week of this. It'll all finally go through. They'll unite. There's going to be some angry, you know, feelings and, and hurt people afterwards. And I'm sure there'll be a little bit of revenge, but it will move forward, uh, you know, to get the agenda done. But it's still going to highlight a lot of this. And I think that's a good thing. And it's not uh, destroying you know, our I mean, democracy. You've got, you got some points. I don't think the democracy is being destroyed by no. any means. I think a lot of stuff is getting exposed. Yeah, and it needs to for be. For what it is, you know, I mean, it's like I said before, especially how divided the GOP is right now. Yeah. You know, because you have these extremists, and then you have real Republicans who don't want nothing to do with these extremists. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Democrat what, Party and is... What, and that's what's happening. But, and it's the same thing on the left as well. Yeah, the Democrat Party is the same way. But I think the difference right now is that, I mean, Democrats you, you have... Democrats are united. Well, yeah, they are. But I, I think there's certain people in the Democrats that just got real quiet for a second. Because Nancy Pelosi was caving in, which is unlike Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we don't like Nancy Pelosi in a lot of ways. But you got to give her credit where credit is due. And she has been an amazing leader for her party. But in the past few years, she's really just become weak and she caved to the pressure of the small progressive group. Now she's what, in her 80s? Yeah, she's like mid-80s. But she she caved to the progressive group and they they made a lot of noise. They divided the party a lot. And then Hakeem Jeffries came in and I think it was one of those. He went, hey, be quiet for a minute. We've And he took leadership. So that's the reason why the, the Democrat Party right now, they're showing unity because they've actually got a leader that said, hey, one party, be quiet. Um, and, and the Republican Party right now, you know, they're, they're, this is going to be some good that. growing parties. This is going to be some good growing <laughs> parties. And, and I think... You don't have that right now. No, there is not. And, and I think it's a good thing because uh, the division that you see in the Republican Party right now is not really the same division that you saw in the, in the Democrats. Um, and, and what you're seeing is you're seeing a group that is more focused on what is right for the people versus this is government and this is how we do it. Um, and, and I think that's a great thing for all Democrats and Republicans, uh, for us to have that group of people that is highlighting that we have to stop with this political class. I mean, this group of 20, they are also the ones that are pushing for the term limits. And that's also part of the negotiation that they're having with Kevin McCarthy was we need to bring up a term limit bill. And that's another thing that for both parties. Kevin McCarthy is not going to vote for that. I know. And, and you know, this, is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the thing that I agree with Matt Gates on. I can't trust him because, look, I mean, sure, the whole thing with the term limit thing, I, I yeah, I'm sure he'd probably be like, yes, we'll definitely bring that up. It'll probably get shot down because who's going to say, hey, let's get rid of my job. They're not going to do that. But the one thing that just makes me go, wait a second, when it comes to false negotiations, is the deal where, and this is the deal that they worked out, you know, a few weeks ago, was that they would have a, a rule that if five people out of the 430-something, whatever it is that's there, says, you know what, I, re- I don't think you're doing a good job, that the Speaker of the House would have to step down and they'd re-vote, which to me, that's one of those, <laughs> hold on. I mean, if you had like a two-thirds majority that said, hey, lack of confidence, then okay. Yeah, two-thirds majority, but, then okay. Yeah, But, but five, five people. people. But then in the past two days, mostly overnight, it's been reduced down to one person. So you get one person <laughs> that just goes, hey, I don't like... I mean, who in their right mind would agree to that if you're going to be the leader? Because you know, you know that somebody is not going to like you. You know that somebody's oh, yeah, going to hate the absolutely. job you're doing. Absolutely. So I, that's one of those things where it's one of those, I think it's a pacifier that he gave to them going, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll bring it down to just one person. Yeah. 
And in the back of his head, he's going, you idiot. Uh, you know, and, and, and hopefully none of the 20 would fall for that one. Because that's so that's just going to get the speaker of the house, man. <sighs> yeah, I to be honest with you, I don't know. You know, I I think this is probably going to go on for a few more days. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, it, it may get to a point. I mean, as it is now, you know, we're seeing McCarthy get less and less votes. Um, so yeah. it, if it continues going downhill like that, I mean, it might get to a point where the party might put enough pressure on him to go. All right, fine, we got to do something. And clearly, you're not working. And maybe they'll go yeah, next to the next. I think the other viable option that would would get a vote, uh, and I've got issues with it a little bit, even though I like him. Um, Steve Scalise, I think, would do a good job. But the problem there is that he is good friends with Kevin McCarthy, and he would leave Kevin McCarthy in a leadership role. But the the uh -huh. argument that we're getting from the the opposition is we need new leaders. That means get out of the way. Uh, you know, and get some fresh perspective in there. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, and anything could happen. Later on this morning, they might do the, whatever we got, seven or eight for the rounds of, I, I lost seven? track. Yeah, I think seven? so. Um, so it, who knows? They, they It might happen now. I mean, I'm sure all night long there's been negotiating and, you know, bribing and, and everything else to try and get the, <laughs> there, the there, votes there, down. There you go. Bribing, yeah. that's right. Which that's right, right there, that's going to say, that's, that's right. another thing. That's going to say a lot um, for the 20. The, actually, there's 21 um, that that are opposed to this, that if all of a sudden overnight, you know, the vast majority of them cave to whatever it is, the pressure that is or promises. Yeah, it's just I don't know about the bank accounts. I think it's more about um, the false promises. I mean, one of the things that the Freedom Caucus sure. really wants, which is what most of these people are on, is they want to have more involvement in the rulemaking. And I totally get that, you know, because they've, they've, they've kind of been kicked to the side about the rulemaking and some of the rules there have been pretty stupid. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of false promises like the, hey, okay, if one person says they don't like me in the job, then I'll step down and we'll re-vote. I mean, that's just, come on. <laughs> you can see that from 100 miles away that that's a false promise. So oh I don't know, God, dude. We'll see. Funny. Either way, it, it's, it's a show to watch. I think in the end... Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good thing, not only for the Republican Party. I think it's going to be a good thing for both parties because of what is being shook up. And, and I think it's getting enough people's attention, regular people's attention to go, what is going on? Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing. Even Donald Trump, who, uh, you know, he said, you know, hey, he's a big supporter of Kevin McCarthy. Let's give him a chance. And yesterday or not yesterday, uh, Tuesday night, he was like, um, let's uh, let's just see what happens. So when oh, Donald Trump point, gets Trump to that point, the kiss of death for the for the GOP. <laughs> I don't think he's the kiss of death. I don't think he's the kiss of death. He's he's still got his element on that. But we're, we'll see what happens. Hey man, we got to run. We're up against our break. Thanks for the call. Do appreciate it. See you later. Uh, two three three ninety nine eighty eight. That is the number for the show this morning. Love to get your thoughts and opinions on this this mess, this this chaos, the disaster. What else have they been calling? They've been calling all kinds of things that's happening with the uh, the speaker race. In the end, it's going to be interesting to see what happens one way or another. Hang on. We'll be right back. Calling him an ultra mega is not the worst thing he's ever been called. Maybe great and maybe just good. Maybe not so good. The Brian Russ Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks so much for waking up with us on this Thursday. By the way, the weekend looks like it's going to be really nice. Sounds like some golf time to me. So got to change gears just a little bit with something a little kind of 
I'm not sure if I'm just shaking my head at this, if I'm laughing at this or what. I'm not angry about it at all. I just think it's kind of okay. There was a group of journalists who were going through the list because you remember when, when you get sworn in, you can decide what you want to be sworn in on, uh, you know, which Bible, which whatever. There's some journalists that had spotted that there's a classic comic book among the many religious books and other documents which Congress has chosen to take their oath on. There is a Superman comic book worth $5.3 million that Congressman Robert Garcia, of Democrat of Long Beach, California, has decided he wanted to be sworn in to Congress on. Now, there's a lot of funny behind that. I mean, there's, as, as much as Congress is becoming a joke, to think that there's a comic book that he's going to swear in on. But then again, I just, I'm shaking my head at it all. I really, truly am. Is, is there any hope for the future of Congress? That's the question. We got the divide, and then we've got the comic books. Hang on, we got a break for news. We'll be right back. The Brian Rush Show on News Talk at 101. If you're offended by what he said, just know he said it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back right here on News Talk at 101. All right, good morning and welcome to the show. Welcome back. How you doing? Good day. Be interested to see what happens up in Washington later on today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this battle. This is fun. First time in 100 years. It was two, or 1923 when the last time it was that we had uh, had to take more than one vote to get the speaker elected. We are now going into uh, vote number seven later on this morning. We'll see what happens. You know that overnight there was probably a lot of uh, negotiating back and forth as to what's going on. And I remember one of the big things, too, that we have to keep in mind when it comes to this, this battle of the 20. One of the things that they're wanting is they're wanting um, really, truly for Kevin McCarthy to uphold the values of the party, which is something that he has not exactly been doing. They're really trying negotiating to try and get him to do that type of stuff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things about Kevin McCarthy that um, he really hasn't lived up to. And that's what that 20 is really upset about. Uh, and it's really not necessarily about a divide. It's about a few politicians finally getting the cojones to say, hold on a second. It's not your turn. You have got to be able, you, you've got to make sure that you're willing to do certain things for us to give you the job. And, and really, this is, this is kind of like the job interview kind of aspect with the debate going on. We don't just look and say, well, it's your turn to have this job, so there you go. And what I also love is the, the downplay uh, that, that comes about as well. That You know, look, it's, it's just one person. No, it's not just one person. This is the person who gets to decide what bills do and do not get brought up for vote. This is the person that decides the agenda of Congress, which affects everybody. So it's a big thing. So I, I really, I hope that, uh, that the debate continues on this. And, you know, uh, enough people realize what's going on. And uh, maybe Kevin McCarthy gets pressured out of it. Or he does cave into the pressure of 
okay, look, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to do what is, what is right instead of what I want to do. Not that I see that happening. It, it could be a mess. Switching gears to Florida, shall we? Let's talk about Big Daddy D. Did you see his, um, his inauguration speech the other day? Good speech. And there's multiple levels when it comes to speeches. You've got your gubernatorial speech. Then you've got your presidential speech. That speech was more than a gubernatorial speech. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there as my analysis of the speech. It was a great speech. And Ron DeSantis has really been taking on a lot of serious issues. And imagine that. Hey, Washington, you paying attention? Ron DeSantis is talking about the real issues. Not the issues that, that concern uh, politicians and not issues that concern the special interests. The ones that concern the people. What a novel concept. One of the things that the uh, DeSantis administration now is doing, uh, and, and this is accountability, and remember that on election night, Ron DeSantis said that Florida is where woke comes to die. And I firmly believe that 2023 is going to begin the death spiral of the wokeism movement. As long as we keep this fight up, it will be a death spiral for the wokeism. And Ron DeSantis now, the administration is demanding information from some of the state institutions of higher education to be a little bit uh, transparent about how much money is being spent on diversity, equity, and inclusion. The Office of Budget and Policy Director Chris Spencer had called for the information in December 28th memo that was sent out uh, to the Florida Education Commissioner, Mandy Diaz, and the State University System of Florida Chancellor uh, Raymond Rodriguez. And it says that as the executive office of, of, of the governor prepares policy and budget proposals ahead of the 2023 legislation session, it is important that we have a full understanding of the operational expenses of state institutions. The memo goes on to say that this letter is a request for information from the Department of Education and the state university system regarding the expenditure of state resources on programs and initiatives related to diversity, equity, and inclusion and critical race theory within our state colleges and universities. Oh, that's going to get somebody upset. But it goes on to say that um, each Florida college system and state university system into an institution must complete the attached document to provide comprehensive list of all staff, programs, and campus activities related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and critical race theory. That, folks, is called accountability. In addition to this, uh, you know, they, they did say that please collect and submit all institutions' responses no later than Friday, January 13th, according to the memo. I can't wait to see that report. And then what will happen afterwards uh, when Ron DeSantis looks at that report as they start getting ready to throw the budget together for the 2023 legislation and goes, so College A, you spend how much on diversity, equity, and inclusion? 
be great transparency. We need to start doing that. We need to start holding our education system here in Florida responsible. And we need to get our education system here in Florida to be the best in the country. And being the best in the country, we're not going to be it if everything is focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. I like to actually say it the other way around. I like to call it diversity, inclusion, and equity for die. And of course, the critical race theory as well, which, you know, is not taught anywhere. It's not even taught in schools. It's only discussed in the higher education where it doesn't need to be. So that'll be an interesting report to see how that comes out. It'll be due uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I can't wait to see what happened with that. I, I hope they make that report uh, very public as well because I think we need to see that. But we need to make sure that we are, are really truly working on improving the school system. We need to get back to educating of the, of the, at the very least, the basics. And one of the main reasons why I don't want to see Ron DeSantis run for president yet is because I want to see this tough stance on all the stuff that has gone wrong with society. I want to see Ron DeSantis and the, the team and when I say the team, I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis, Jimmy Petronas, uh, you know, all of the, the legislators. I want to see the entire team up there really work to correct what went wrong in the country and be a shining example for the rest of the country. And for the rest of these Republican leaders who are being pressured to stop all of this, this nonsense with the ESGs and, and all the other uh, just goofiness that the Democrats have pushed. And school systems are a big one we need to start with. Yeah, I've said this before, and I still stick to it, that I think that the revolution in the United States will begin and essentially has begun in the school boards, in, in the school systems. And we've seen it with the fights that have gone on uh, with school boards across the country, including in San Francisco. Progressive town. When they turned around and said, oh, hey, um, can we teach the kids instead of worrying about the names of the school and the building there? And they recalled members of their school board. That's your sign right there that this is, that, that, that it's enough. No more. And now there's a new Florida school board um, deal going on in the Miami-Dade County. For the first time, it is now a conservative lead um, in, uh, in Miami-Dade. And of course, we saw with this, uh, the midterm election, Miami-Dade, uh, how it switched big time. And the new conservative-led uh, school board in Miami-Dade County uh, is now wasting absolutely no time uh, at clarifying a few things. And one thing that they are jumping on is clarifying that bathroom and locker rooms will be separated strictly by, oh, this is going to hurt. I can hear the meltdown already. Biological sex. You can hear the whining and crying. I'm sure you can. But they said no longer will transgender students get to choose which bathroom or locker room they'd like to use. That's going to be, I can't wait to watch the, the, the backlash on that. It's going to be fun. 
And it's going to be all the people who can't just tell you what a woman is. Hey, what's a woman? Well, a woman is um, whatever you want to feel like you're being. Okay, Shania. The other thing that is going to be happening uh, with the Miami-Dade County uh, School Board is that American flags, that horrible thing, that, that, that just that racist, divisive, uh, just horrible piece of cloth, that bad thing, which has actually been missing from many campuses in Miami-Dade, will now be hoisted over every single public school. So now in Miami-Dade, uh, which again has had been a um, an attempt to really kind of go with with the progressive. No more transgenders picking wherever they want to go for the locker room. They must go to wherever their biological sex is, and we'll have American flags over every school. So bravo to the Miami Dade uh, County School System for that. In the uh, the first meeting after being elected. Uh, the two rookie school board members, uh, both of which are the conservatives that got elected on, who campaigned on platforms focused on parental rights, took action on the issues, making quick use of the board's new balance of power and, uh, you know, tipping the entire board to the, the favor of conservatives. And across the country, conservative parents, and, and not only conservative parents, but other parents as well. I mean, this is not... Something we got to realize is, is is the movement that we're seeing with the school boards is not 100% a conservative movement. This is becoming a parental movement. Because remember, San Francisco, that's not a place that you're going to find an average conservative. As a matter of fact, you might want to be careful asking, hey, are you conservative? Because good chances are most of the people are going to say no. They recalled school board members because of the too much progressivism in the schools. And also when you look at other places, like the Loudoun County, Virginia, you remember that fiasco? That was not a room full of conservatives. And there were Democrat parents that were stepping up that were, they were angry. So this is not a, as much as it's kind of being painted as, this is not a conservative movement. This is a parental movement because parents that are not in the brainwashed, um, you know, progressive liberal movement have realized this is bad for our kids. But across the country, we have seen that parents are fed up with things like the transgender bathroom and locker room policies that are making their kids uncomfortable. And remember the other big thing in Loudoun County where that father got arrested because he went to address the school board because the school board was covering up the fact that his teenage daughter was attacked, sexually attacked, in a bathroom by a transgender student. Now, I mean, it's one thing to be like, hey, I just want to be a woman, and I want to dress like a woman. But to go off and attack a woman sexually, claiming that you're trans, there, there's an issue there. So that's a movement that we have seen that has been really getting a lot of pressure. And it has been making children uncomfortable and confused, and it's not even a matter of possibly unsafe. It has proven to be unsafe in many situations. And parents have also expressed anger at school board meetings about the progressive teaching in the classrooms, such as things like critical race theory and gender identity. 
Even Democrats are saying, hey, let's teach math, science, English, history. So again, it's not just a conservative push. It's a parental push that is happening. And groups like Moms for Liberty, which is a, a national organization, says that its members had helped about 272 conservative school board candidates win seats. And it has flipped about 56 different school boards to conservative control to help push back against some of this progressive movement. Again, again I've said it, and, and it's, it's very obvious that this is where the revolution to take back the country has got to begin. And that's with the schools. Ron DeSantis now holding the Florida state universities and colleges accountable by making sure that they, they are uh, transparent on how much of your tax dollars is being spent on diversity, inclusion, and uh, equity to make sure that we know how much of our tax dollars is spent on that. This is a good step in the right direction. Because remember, th this is the thing about schools. And this is where all of this stuff is coming from, where all the sexuality attacks are coming from. This is the Marxist agenda. This is the playbook. It's right there. If you take over the schools and you take over the education and you model people the way that you want them to be, then you will take over society. And driving the division between the parents and the children was also a very successful play by Marxists. And that's what we're seeing today. The whole thing with, um, you know, teenagers, and we all know teenagers, that's a confusing time in life. And this Marxist ideology says when you have a teenager, you might be a little confused, jump on it. Take control of the situation. And that's what we've seen. Oh, shh, don't tell your parents. Don't tell your parents that, that we're encouraging you to go ahead and take all these drugs and change. Shh, don't tell your parents. I mean, growing up, uh, for any of us that are Gen X and older, we know what that means when, when somebody says, shh, don't tell your parents. That means what I'm about to do with you is wrong. So it'll be interesting to watch how uh, how this battle with the school boards and school systems happens, uh, and the uh, the results of the uh, the the DeSantis administration wanting to know how much money we are spending on CRT and on diversity, inclusion, and uh, equity. I hope that report becomes very public as well. It's due uh, Friday the thirteenth. Hmm wonder if that was planned. Hang on, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Rust Show. Good morning. Pulling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. The Brian Rust Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Ron DeSantis at it again. I'm waiting for the backlash on this one and somebody being upset. It'll probably be Joy Reid. I'll have to look to see if she got upset about this. Tucker Carlson, who uh, he has, I don't know if you've, you've paid much attention to this, but he has had um, the uh, the libs of TikTok creator on his show. And actually, I'm not going to say exposed, but revealed who she is. 
Um, and that was her decision. That wasn't, uh, she wasn't doxxed. But when, uh, when she was doxxed, and of course, this was something like Taylor Lorenz, you know, attacked her a lot and, and a few of the Democrats because they don't like the fact that the libs of TikTok, and if you don't know who they, what they do, it's literally a TikTok page that takes liberals' videos, like a liberal makes a video, and she was taking their video and sharing it. And they got upset about it. Stop making fun of me. We're not. We're just saying what you, we're letting you say what you, to, okay. But she was talking with, um, with Tucker Carlson, who got a little bit stunned when she heard what Ron DeSantis had told her. She said that when I was doxxed, someone from the Ron DeSantis team called me. She went on to say that the governor wanted me to, to be given a message. I know this almost sounds like it's going down the wrong way. Hey, hey, look at me. Hey, the governor wants to deliver a little message to you. Are you listening to me? Pay attention. It's not the direction that it went, though. Instead, she wanted to let him, uh, he wanted to let her know that if you don't feel safe, that you or your family, if you need a place to go to hide, to stay, you can come to the governor's mansion. We have a guest house for you, and you can come and stay as long as you need. Governor DeSantis, uh, you know, out defending. She's done a great job. She really has. And she has gotten uh, the attacks that are on her because of the fact that she literally uses their own words, their own videos, and just exposes them. And the liberals get mad about it. Just another example of how great Ron DeSantis is as our governor. Hang on, we Sometimes got a break. The only way to stopping from talking is to cut his mic off and play some commercials. But don't worry, he'll probably pick right back up where he left off. More of the Brian Rush Show is next on News Talk at 101. Now, ladies and gentlemen, get started. Broadcasting from the shores of the world's most beautiful beaches, this is the most talked about radio show in Bay County, the Brian Rust Morning Show. Melting down snowflakes faster than a blowtorch and doing it with a smile. Now, here's Brian Rust on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to hour number three of the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. All right, can I, I just want to say it. I called it. I called it. Adam Kinzinger, the former Republican crybaby from Illinois, the January 6er, the anti-Trumper, he is excited about his new role. His new role as a senior political commentator on CNN. Told you it was going to happen. The next one you know is going to be Liz Cheney, but that one is going to be on... She's gonna. Here's my prediction for Liz Cheney. Are you ready? It's gonna be one of two things. She's either gonna be a political commentator on MSNBC, or with all the controversy going on with ABC's The View and Whoopi Goldberg and serious pressure on Disney to can her. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The View. New co-host Liz Cheney. You watch. That, that's, my, that's my prediction. She's either going to end up on MSNBC as a political commentator or The View. Either way, it'll be entertaining to watch her uh, whine and complain. But Adam Kinzinger, uh, he's excited. 
he noted, to be joining CNN. So exciting that Adam Kinzinger will be the political commentator. You know, it would be one thing to, to get somebody who, you know, could probably be a little more honest. Somebody that uh, is a former Republican to get them on that can give a Republican's viewpoints. But Adam Kinzinger doesn't re represent Republican interest. I don't know of any Republicans that like Adam Kinzinger. That and he's an emotional crybaby whiner. And you would think that with CNN, uh, who is at this point just incre incredibly desperate to, uh, to recreate themselves, they would have picked somebody else other than Adam Kinzinger. Have you heard about the, uh, the, the CNN New Year's Eve disaster? Oh, my God. Don Lemonhead screwed it up. And here's the question for uh, Chris, the, the new CEO of uh, CNN. When are you just going to get rid of him? There was a new rule that came out this year from the, uh, the CEO of, uh, of CNN where he said, hey, look, New Year's Eve, no drinking for the staff, uh, except for the host. The host can do it. The host being, um, what's his name there? The, uh, the guy from A&E. They're the only ones that can drink. But the rest of the staff, you know, all the other reporters that are doing things from here and about, uh, the staff that's uh, running all the technical stuff, the cameramen, all, no drinking for you guys, which makes sense. I mean, you're working. You're not supposed to be drinking. Don Lemon missed the countdown. Dude, you've got one job on New Year's Eve. I mean, why does everybody get together for New Year's Eve? They get together so that we can all do it. Five, four, three, two, one. Yay! Happy New Year! He missed it. Because he was off dancing instead. Seriously, man. I, I, I was starting to kind of have some high hopes for CNN. I really was. Because I predicted it a little over a year ago that if CNN wants to survive, they need to clean house, change directions. And they started doing that. They, they fired a lot of people, uh, said they're going to change direction. But now it's like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. I mean, maybe it's a situation, I, I'll, for the benefit of the doubt, I'll, I'll give the CEO the benefit that he had the idea of, all right, we need to get rid of certain people because they're not, they're, they're not fitting the, the news role. They're being too opinionated. They're being too anti-Trump. We got to get away from that. We got to get back to news. Uh, we can't do it with these people. So let's get rid of a few people. And they did. They didn't stop where they should have. But I'm willing to bet you that it was one of those, we got the plan to get rid of them. Oh, who do we put in their place? Who do we got? Uh, is there, um, ooh, no. Ooh, ooh, no, no. Because honestly, there is not a lot of people out there that could probably really fit the role to go into news on CNN. I mean, because nowadays there's really not that many news news people anymore. They're far and few between. And even a lot of these, these young, new up-and-comers, they've been kind of brainwashed by the colleges that they've been to. And you can tell when you watch some of this national-level reporting 
I mean, there's some people you just look at them and go, good God. And Fox has got a few good ones. I'm trying to think who else does. You know the one that I have a hard time with? Um, and, and this is and, and this is probably the uh, the programmer in me uh, when I look at this. So I'm probably looking at this in a, a completely different way. And when I say this, you know, if you watch it, you'll probably be like, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're kind of right. And that's Newsmax. I mean, Newsmax came out um, as a, a really good potential alternative um, to Fox News and to everybody else uh, with a little bit of a conservative lean and, and really trying to get into to news news. And they do a decent job. They really do. I'm not, I'm not going to criticize them and say that, that they suck because they don't. Um, they do a pretty good job. But the thing that amazes me is as I watch it, and you can even compare right now to like either one of our two local TV stations. You look at the the production value of the news um, at our two stations that we have here, uh, WJHC and WMBB. You look at their studios, and they're nice. A couple of weeks ago, I actually got a tour of uh, of WMBB's new studio, and let me tell you, it's freaking beautiful. It's actually even more beautiful in person than it is. On TV. I mean, that's how nice it is. It's a great looking studio. And it it looks, it, I mean, they, they spent a lot of money on it too, so it's got to look good. But it looks like it is a, a big market um, TV station. It doesn't look like it is, uh, you know, and, and believe me, I've, I've been in some TV stations in some smaller markets where literally the room that I am in now, my studio that I am in, it's about the same size as some of these TV studios. And it's like a, a really horribly built desk that was built by, uh, you know, Bob the Carpenter guy that's the 80-year-old down the street. And they've got like, you know, this, this really horrible printed uh, background screen. And it, it's just, it's horrible. Everything about it is cheesy and horrible. And then you look at like WMBB's new studio. Gorgeous studio. And this is not a big news market, by the way. It's actually a pretty small size news market. Looks gorgeous. And then you flip on Newsmax. That's a national network and you go, huh. I mean, this is the way I've been looking at it. I just, I just look at it and I'm like, that looks like small town, like really small town TV news. I mean, you don't have to spend too, too much money. You don't have to have all kinds of sets, but you would thought, think that they would try and make it look a little bit modern and look nice. I mean, Fox News, they spent, oh my God, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think about the money that they spent on their, their big studio. Their big studio is a cool studio because uh, it's like a two-story studio and it has like this multiple use thing where they've got like several sets all like written at that one little area and all they got to do is turn the camera around and boom, you got a completely different set. Uh, and it looks great. But Newsmax, I just, uh, this is just me from like a programming viewpoint. I, I just kind of look at it and go, man, that's kind of cheesy looking. And now that I've pointed that out, you're going to watch Newsmax today or tonight. And then you're going to flip over to WMBB and you're going to look at their studio and then go back to Newsmax and go, well, which one is the major network here? <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those stupid things that I noticed. And I don't know why I shared that with you, but I did. Because sometimes I just, I got to talk about some stupid stuff. But let's talk about this one. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Victoria's Secret. The wokeism on this one. 
the controversy that happens with with Victoria's Secret. Now, look, the left with the wokeism uh, again is, is what what's taking effect here, and is is probably going to do away with Victoria's Secret probably in the end. And when we stop and think about this, and it, what's funny is there's a um, there's a pop song that is out right now uh, that's called Victoria's Secret, and it's by a, a young girl who. Uh, she basically uh, comes out with the Victoria's Secret and come to find out that the whole thing is it's just a, a dude that lives in Ohio that runs it, you know, the whole nine yards, and kind of making it out as if Victoria's Secret is not really for women, but it's for men, not in the way of, you know, something to wear, but y- you know what I mean, that it's targeted really towards men for women. And that is a big old duh. I mean, you, you may call it sexist or whatever, but hey, look, a lot of women that go to Victoria's Secret, they go for a couple of reasons. One, to get something to show off for their man. And two, to get something to make them feel good. I'm not going to hold that against anybody. I mean, if a woman wants to feel good by wearing some expensive Victoria's Secret, go do your boo-boo. By the way, uh, if you want to send me some of the pitch, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But they've gone through some of the wokeism on this. And this is just like, um, you know, the Sports Illustrated. I mean, some things are what they are. And you you don't necessarily need to woke everything and everything. Oh, my God, it's got to be fair. Look, nobody goes to grab a Sports Illustrated magazine to open it up to see the, um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the bikini model version that they've got there. Nobody does that to see an overweight girl or a guy for that matter in a bathing suit. That's not what, that's not what it is. I mean, you can call it sexist, whatever, but look, there are things that are targeted towards women for women's entertainment and enjoyment. And there are things that are targeted to men and men's entertainment and enjoyment. It is what it is. We're different sexes. We have different tastes. We have different likes. It is what it is. But when sports illustrated started putting like, you know, rather overweight, uh, models on that's not that's not why people were buying it. I mean, if pe- look, if somebody's into that, you're into that, and you know what? The thing is, if you're into it, and I mean into it as in anything, it's there's something out there for you. I mean, that's what the interwebs is for. It's out there, but don't mess with what what people do want. That's like you know Chick Fil A. What do you go to Chick Fil A for? You go there for the chicken sandwiches. Because they're awesome. You don't go to Chick-fil-A for a burger. So it wouldn't make sense for Chick-fil-A to get rid of the chicken and have burgers. Because you're like, hey, I'm going to Chick-fil-A because I want that awesome chicken sandwich. Where's the chicken sandwich? And they'll be like, oh, hey, well, here's a burger instead. I don't want a burger. I want a chicken sandwich. And same thing with like Victoria's Secret. You know, Victoria's Secret, it is what it is. And now the, uh, the Victoria's Secret CEO, Amy Hawk, has abruptly resigned after only being on the job for about a year. Shares of the company have dropped about 8% uh, in the hours just after the official resignation, uh, which will be finalized later on in March uh, when she does officially step down as the CEO's teen-oriented brand, Pink, of which she has been the CEO of uh, since uh, 2018, and according to Victoria's uh, Secrets website. And of course, the company has suffered a lot of backlashes uh, with some public relations ever since its founder, Leslie uh, Waxner, 
uh, had some ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Again, shouldn't be much of a surprise. But the company's recent branding decisions were far cries from the traditional image of Victoria's Secrets previously held with customers. And one of the most notable thing was ending the Victoria's Secret Angels brand. And I'm sorry, as a guy? Heck yeah, I like that. And if my girl came home with some of the Victoria's Secret Angels thing, I'm a happy man. And if my girl doesn't want to do it, that's her decision. And if a girl wants to just wear the stuff, that's her decision. But they ended that simply because of the fact that, well, um, they had to have a more inclusive advertising approach. No, you don't. I mean, if you want to have a separate line that is not for the, the skinny stick models, that's fine. Go ahead, do it. But just have another line for it. Keep what you got going. Tradition. Don't mess up what you got going. This is what's wrong with companies nowadays. Is that You got something good going and then you screw it up. And in February of last year, the company had hired its first plus size model. And again, nothing against anybody that might be plus size, but that's not what you go to Victoria's Secret for. And it just happened to have been a TikTok influencer that they went with because you had to fall into the, uh, the whole social media aspect. And then they went on and, uh, and Hawk had said that uh, we're always striving to improve as a brand and ensure our customers feel empowered and confident in our products. And again, if you want to add that line or add a separate line for plus size, do it. That makes sense business-wise. Expand your customer base. But you don't screw up what you got. And that's really what Victoria's Secret ended up doing. And then to add on to it, because... I mean, the, the very first thing that I'm sure any of us think about when we go, oh, Victoria's Secret is a dude. And sure enough, back in April of 2022, the CEO, Hawk, hired the first male model in Victoria's Secret's history. A move that was intended to promote mental health and empower young adults. Now, you know, I, I, I get on mental health stuff all the time, and, and mental health is an important thing. And we should empower young adults. And we should be looking at mental health. But my question is, as a guy who might be uh, interested in checking out what's going on in Victoria's Secret, or as a girl that, you know, is, uh, is interested in Victoria's Secret, how does having a male model help the branding? It's kind of a turnoff. But then again, this is the wokeism that we see constantly. And Hawk went on to say that the male model served as a positive role model for teens and young adults as the declining sales hit 28% when the move was made. Go woke, go broke. Wonder how long it's going to be before we see the, uh, the announcement of the shutting down of Victoria's Secret. Look, leave it what it is. Have a, uh, you know, have a male side. Have a male product. That'd be interesting. Victoria's Secret male. I mean, you'd, you'd probably have to change that to like Victor's Secret or something. I don't know. But just leave things alone. Diversity, inclusion, and equity doesn't have to be in every little thing out there. Just saying. And if you go woke, you go broke. And we're seeing that more and more. 
Hang on. We got to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. This is the Brian Russ Show. Good morning. The Brian Russ Show is powered by Patriotic Coffee, freshly brewed with liberal tears from the Brian Rust Bottled Water Company. Now let's bottle up some tears. Brian Rust is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning. So did you see one of the latest installments of the Twitter files where they kind of, um, well, they called out Adam Schiff a little bit for some of his activity. Remember, we've uh, we've seen the FBI that spent about $3 million to uh, get people's accounts to be silenced, whether it be banned or suspended. And we're seeing the uh, the involvement in the FBI uh, with some of these Twitter files. And we're seeing more and more uh, of the Democrats' involvement in trying to silence people. But one of the latest ones uh, that's being called out on it, and of course, uh, Elon Musk has got to do it in only the Elon Musk fashion. He is hands down the best Twitter troll. I thought uh, um, that Donald Trump was good at it before. He's nothing compared to, to Elon Musk. Elon Musk ended up uh, tweeting, hey, at Representative Adam Schiff, what is this? And that was when uh, it was exposed that there were documents uh, with Twitter that showed that California Democrat Adam Schiff in his office specifically asked for a real clear investigations senior staff writer Paul Sperry for his account to be suspended along with many others and deemed that the content in a uh, in regarding a certain House Intelligence Committee staffer be removed or suppressed interesting love to hear what Adam Schiff actually has to say about that and of course, uh, you know, this comes on the heels of, of all the other things that are going on. Uh, he, it, it, Sperry ended up uh, joining um, a, a couple of shows talking about this. And he, he, he talked about some of the details uh, about his permanent suspension from Twitter, which he was notified of just as he was uh, speaking out against the FBI's raid on uh, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. And to share his thoughts on what must be done to end this public-private partnership fueled uh, with the end runaround the Constitution. And all of a sudden, Adam Schiff, uh, Adam, this isn't a matter of, uh, hey, uh, we've got the proof. Uh, I've seen the evidence. I've got the proof. Because, um, buddy, pal, pencil, it has been exposed. Uh, looking at the email right here. So, uh, what you got to say about that one, nah, Adam? You want to, uh, you want to talk about this a little bit? Or is this one of those situations where you want to go, well, let me, uh, let me see what the validity of this is and, uh, and I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay. Let me start off with two words. The Brian Rush Show. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Calling out the insanity of the left and doing it with a smile. The Brian Rush Show is back on News Talk at 101. All right, welcome back to the show. Good morning and happy Thursday. Could this be true? Could there be some sunshine happening? On some people's miserable world, it could be. We've watched the uh, the climate extremists, uh, not only here in the country, but in other places, 
uh, go with their extreme tactics. Well, there's one group in England that has realized eh, this isn't working. And of course, one of the tactics that this group, the Extinction Rebellion, uh, has been doing has really been kind of just being a nuisance. And part of their thing has been uh, the whole like laying down in the streets and sitting down in the streets. And one of the things that we've been watching, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it many times. In both uh, the UK and in places like France, people are fed up with it. They're not putting up with it anymore. They're not just stopping at the street and going, oh, well, there's the environmental protesters. They're blocking the road. Okay, well, we'll just wait. Um, anybody going to come? No, they're getting out of their cars, grabbing a hold of these people and yanking them out. There's one video that I shared not too long ago on Facebook. Uh, it was in France where this this rather larger guy, he obviously he had someplace to go and he had zero tolerance for this whole blocking the road thing. And he gets out there and he's screaming and hollering at him and not just yelling at him. He goes up and he's a big guy, grabs them by their arm, yanks them off the ground and throws them on the sidewalk. And that's a movement that we've actually starting to see a lot. And now this group, the climate extremist group, Extinction Rebellion has now resolved to quit being such a nuisance in the new year. That's their new resolution. It's one of those admitting to failure. In a statement that they issued on January 1st, uh, Extinction Rebellion, uh, which is a predominantly British group, vowed to temporarily shift away from public disruption as a primary tactic. In the move that some have suggested indicates a, uh, a more self-awareness to the fact that it, uh, whoops, this didn't work. And ER has suggested that instead it will seek to prioritize attendance and foster better relationships rather than making commuters' lives miserable by blocking throughways uh, and defacing private property and attacking beloved works of art. Well, this will be interesting. And while uh, ER may have caught on to the fact that there's little love that has been lost for its cause, and its announcement uh, was kind of a concession pointing out the greater reason for its about face. With very little has changed despite all of its public, uh, you know, just temper tantrums that they've had and their challenges to their fellow citizens. So it's been a failure. And now these extreme realists uh, uh, extremist uh, climate change people have realized, oh, this isn't work. Maybe, what a concept, maybe we should build relationships with people instead. Instead of just blocking their way on their way to work or on their way home or going off and throwing paint and soup on works of art, what a concept. But here's the thing is that when you when you step back and look at it, this entire a uh, climate change movement has really starting to show it's a failure. And really what we need to do is allow the, the, the business world, the market to make these changes on their own. Because there's, there's plenty of proof that we do that. Hey, as a, a car owner, I own a gas car, and you know what? I'd like to have a gas car that costs me less in gas. I want a more fuel-efficient car. Well, you know what? The first, uh, the first car maker that makes a more fuel-efficient car than the one that I drive now, 
will get my business. And that's how business works. And they, they've done an amazing job over the, the past few decades, several decades, when it comes to changing uh, the, uh, the gas mileage on cars, changing the emissions on cars. I mean, some of these fruitcakes now that are these the environmental extremists, if they were living like in the 70s or 80s, oh my God, can you imagine their meltdowns? Because as it is right now, you can compare a 1970s car without any, you know, add-ons like straight off the factory floor to a car today straight off the factory floor. I mean, what a difference. More lightweight materials, uh, you know, more fuel efficient. It doesn't have the, um, the emissions that the car... So it's a difference, and it's because we wanted it. We wanted something more fuel efficient. We got it. We want something that's going to drive farther and less gas. We got it. Maybe it's time for some of these uh, environmental wackos to actually realize that that's the best way to go with it. And the Extinction Rebellion uh, is allegedly decentralized group of uh, radical leftists who they're basically keen on ridding the entire Western nations of any affordable energy. And maybe this is an opportunity for them to get educated as well. So those of us that are, that are not going down this road of the, the, the wacko extremisms, maybe we could actually get them to sit down and go, look, um, I know you want to get rid of all petroleum, but you understand that, that this is all this. Let, let me get the book. Here, here's the big book. There's the book. It's about 10,000 pages, and all it is is a list. No descriptions, just a list of all of the things in your life, extremist, your life, let alone everybody else's, that is petroleum-based, petroleum chemical-based of some sort, some, some faction of that petroleum, that oil that's coming up out of the ground, all of these things in this big book, this big list, that deal with your everyday life. Like, hey, can you get off your, uh, your, your iPhone for a second there? Can you put that down? Because, by the way, that thing right there that you're using, that iPhone, uh, that's also petroleum-based. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, you know what else is petroleum-based? Um, you know the server that, uh, that connects that phone? Uh, you know, the towers, uh, all the technology, the, the equipment, all, a lot of that stuff also got a lot of, a lot of petroleum-based uh, chemicals all up in there that, that make the stuff. Maybe this is a time that they can be explained that, hey, this is what the world is. And we can change things. Sure, we can find new products. They, but somebody's got to start teaching these people that, look, um, we can't just simply turn the switch and be done with, with oil. Just not going to happen. But it is nice to see at least one of these extremist groups uh, that is starting to get to a point where they realize, oh, this tactic doesn't work. All it's doing is getting people mad. And again, the videos are priceless. I love watching the videos, uh, especially that one uh, with the French guy that picks them up off of the, the street and throws them onto the sidewalk. I'm not talking about dragging them. He picked them up and threw them onto the sidewalk. It's fantastic. Let's talk some more wackos. Let's go California. Oh, boy, California. There's always a California story. Remember, it used to be we'd always look forward to the, the uh, Florida man story, and it'd always be kind of funny. Now it's California story. That's the ones that we just look at and go, oh, God, here we go. 
California is now going to be paying reparations to those that the government sterilized against their will. Now, that sounds like a great thing. But here's the problem. While they're doing that, they're also protecting those that they want to sterilize. Only in California. It's like, hey, let's turn the lights off, but turn them back on. <laughs> those guys, I don't get it. 233-9988. That is the number for the show. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Rush Show. Hey, good morning, Brian. Patrick, uh, good morning. How are you, man? <laughs> Doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain. It's a good day. Yeah, nobody will listen. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Wackos, yeah. Uh, if you have children or grandchildren like I do or great-grandchildren, whatever, um, you still have to remain ever vigilant of all the wackos out there, especially the yep. green weenies. Yep. The greens are the, actually the new reds is what they are. They're commies. Um, one of my grandchildren's favorite cartoons, Octonauts. Every single episode of that cartoon is talking about coastal erosion, global warming, things that uh, coast pretty much my entire life. And guess what? It's still in the same place. Mm -hmm. How is that? You know, this, this is the thing I love with the coastal erosion. That, that one always cracks me up. I would love for somebody to just go, you do know that the water comes in and it takes sand and brings it out. And the water comes in, takes in, <laughs> brings it out. It's called, oh, what is that thing again? It's an N-word. Nature. Nature. That's what Nature. it is. You know, the thing that you're trying to protect. That's a natural thing. I wish somebody would educate them on that. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if they think humans are the driver of weather on the planet, I want you to go outside next time it's raining and say, stop raining. Yeah. See how far that gets you. Um, the, the, the driver of the temperature on planet Earth, if you'll look up on a day it's not cloudy and, and you'll see this big orange thingy, that's your, that's your, that's your temperature driver there. Mm -hmm. It's not the human on the ground. I promise. Yeah. But to your average green commie, the green red, uh, they will do everything they can to bend over backwards to convince you that no, it's humans doing it and, and the cows farting. Yeah, the cow farts. That's the that's the big thing right there. That's destroying everything. And then you know, the, it's, oh god, these people they, they make my head hurt. They really do. Uh, you know, it's like bless their heart. You know, at least they're thinking, you know, on the on the, the right way. And there's things that they could probably focus all their energy on. Uh, that would actually make sense because it seems like every time that you get these envi environmental wackos out there that get going on this, they're always talking about I something that cows. yeah, that it's something that's natural. Like first off, uh, this is going to become a, an absolute shock to them. They may not understand this, but the ozone layer is actually made out of carbon dioxide. It needs carbon dioxide in order to be there, and if you take it all away. We may not have an atmosphere. <laughs> you know, it's like you guys don't realize you, you might be doing more damage than you are bad. But you know what? If you guys want to do something good, here's something. Why don't you mobilize and go to some of these foreign third world countries or even like a place like India where they're dumping all their trash in the water and go over there and help them clean it up. I mean, that is an environmental movement. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You, you know, you, you look at here in Florida. I mean, you find me. One single Republican, one single Republican that does anything 
that would ruin the environment that we have here. I mean, you can find me so many people that they want to go fishing, they want to go hunting, they want to go out boating, and nobody's thinking, you know what, if I could just dump some oil into this this Gulf of Mexico, this would be so much better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, when we were producing our coal that we have here, the, the gold mine of coal that we're sitting on, and natural gas and, and uh, actual oil, um, we were getting rid of our cleanest coal to other countries that, that don't burn clean like mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. No one has done more <clears throat> to uh, clean up emissions than the United States of America. Right. Absolutely no one. Not one single country, not France, not England, not any of those weirdos over in Europe. Nobody has done more to clean up emissions than the United States of America. And we were selling our clean coal over to China and other people mm-hmm. so they wouldn't be uh, quite as nasty over there. Yeah. And, you know, China, the same thing. They, they're constantly dumping byproducts and things right into the ocean. They were asked about it one time. Uh, I think it was the one of the cabinet ministers over there in China. And he, he looked at the person and said, it's the ocean. So yeah. <laughs> look, look no further than the, uh, the red states for the most, for yeah. the most pollution. Don't look to capitalism for being the polluter. Capitalism is the, is the thing that drives coming up with solutions Right. problems, not yeah. creating the problem. Yeah, and when when you look at America, and this is the thing that just makes me shake my head a little bit, you know, just petroleum alone. You know, other countries, they're going to be like, hey, I'm going to drill a hole right there and I'm going to get some fuel. And they'll be like, okay, here in America. And, and, you know, this is one of the things, too, that I love because there's kind of a misinformation about this. You know, when the White House is like, well, we've got all these leases. The oil company's got the leases. It's like, yeah, you may have the lease in the land, but in America, in order for you to drill the hole, actually, even to bring the stuff over there to drill the hole, let alone actually drill the hole, you need like 3,000 different permits to bring the stuff there. And then zillions of permits and regulations and follow-ups and everything else to start drilling the hole. And then the whole process, I mean, the entire process is so clean, so regulated for cleanness that we're like the safest in the world when it comes to doing that. So instead, we're like, yeah, let's vet, let Venezuela go ahead and pump all that stuff. It's like, what do you think? It's going to be safer? I mean, come on. And right. it's like, you know, even here locally, uh, and, and, and believe it or not, this is one of these things that even people locally got a little upset about because they weren't informed on it. You know, on the beach where they're doing that new, um, the new drainage system that, that puts water out into the, the gulf. You know, people are going, oh, my God, we're going to be polluting the Gulf and everything else. It's like, hold on, stop. Wait a second. If you actually looked at what it is that that system is, it's because right now we dump a ton of stuff, uh, wastewater uh, into the Gulf. It's already happening. It has been happening for decades. And and nature does that, too, all by itself without help. But what we're doing on the beach is this process. It's actually a thing that cleans the water before it goes out, which is not what we're doing now. Now it's like pipe, water. Now this new system is one that actually it, it, it cleans up all the streets, all the rainwater and everything. It goes into a basin to clean it up and then goes out to the Gulf. So it's like, you know, America, we do so much that is like safe for the environment. And yet the lefty wackos, they're acting as if, you know, we're destroying the earth when all the stuff that they're wanting us to do is actually doing way more damage and they don't pay attention to the real problems. Yeah. And another thing they're, they're, they're destroying too is, is human life. Yeah. They're making it so expensive to try to be human because of all their weirdo pipe dreams, and they think they have it right when they don't. You know, the regulatory burden, I think, is uh, just a little over $3 tr- uh, trillion per year now mm-hmm. in the United States of America. You know, it, 
back when Donald Trump was in, we were pumping out that oil, that natural gas, that coal, uh, all our plants running, uh, weren't having brownouts, all that sort of thing, because we could do it at an, an honest rate and still doing it cleaner than everyone else because he lifted a bunch of regulatory burdens that weren't necessarily aimed at cleaning up the environment. A lot of those things are aimed at giving someone a job. Yeah. And usually that, that job goes to somebody in a bureaucracy and that somebody in a bureaucracy is 99% of the time who ding, 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 a Democrat. Yeah. They have filled the bureaucracies. They have filled the courts. They have filled the education system. And that's why we're dealing with what we're dealing with. So yep. the idea is what I know. Good morning, brother. Yeah. And, um, if we don't get hold of that, you know, we're going to continue to see it, but, heavy cost of regulation that's burdensome that makes our prices go up because who pays for everything the consumer does yeah and and that's the thing that they that that they don't get um and you know regulation it has its place but there's a certain level of it that you know it's like you know good and then oh okay bad you know and and unfortunately they don't stop at, at the good and and one of the things statistically uh when you look at this Democrats have a tendency to be more uh, lawyer-related, more legal-related, and that's the way they attack things. They're more about the bureaucracy. Meanwhile, Republicans are more of the business aspect, and, you know, they understand. I mean, it's like Republicans know it's not good for business for you to destroy the environment. So, I mean, they're, they're okay with that. I'm sure there's always that dirtbag out there that's going to, you know, not do that, but business has changed so much. Overregulating not going to be good, and, and that's speaking of which, that's one of those things I think is going to be very bad for the airline industry after this uh, fiasco with Southwest, uh, because you know as Pete Buttigieg, who has done absolutely nothing, is going to come out and be like, we need to have more regulations, and that's going to be tougher for the airlines because they're going to cost the airlines even more money. Which then again, who pays for that? The passengers, and the fear that I've got now is that. You know, the, the government's going to get in, regulate more on the airlines uh, because of Southwest, and it's going to cost Southwest more money to do business, which means you're not going to have those cheap fares anywhere again. And those that can't afford, uh, you know, the expensive plane tickets on Delta and American and United, uh, you know, they went with Southwest because it's what they could afford, won't be able to afford it anymore. So government regulation can be pretty bad sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, Cammy. You know, if we want to regulate something, um, how about let's regulate that border? You know, so yeah. as, as a, speaking of airlines, let's, yeah. let's do a little comparison. Um, we got to over 300 people a day dying from fentanyl now, and we know where it's coming from. It's coming over the southern border. Yep. Absolutely, it's coming over the southern border, period. And now, let's say the airline, uh, which is big time heavily regulated and everybody's after them all the time. Should anything happen at all? What if we were having a plane crash a day and right. 300 people were dying a day from that? Ooh, we'd have some upset people, wouldn't we? Cutting uh, all deaths by to the, to the tune of over 300 a day. No problem whatsoever. We're doing a great job on the border. Yeah. yeah. Let's regulate that. Well, it's also speaking of the border. It's a really good thing that um, president uh, Biden has decided he's going to go to the border. However, He's going to Mexico to go see the border. They're working on it, working on a plan. So I'm thinking to myself going, okay, you, you're going to Mexico and now you're going to go see the border. It's like, what are you going to go see it on the Mexican side? 
<laughs> it's just, I, I can't wait to hear what their plan is because uh, Joe Biden came out and he said, yeah, we're uh, we're working things out to make sure that we can uh, work it in on the trip. Uh, well, you can be sure that whatever the plan is, uh, President Obama will definitely uh, make sure that plan is in place <laughs> and and give it to that Biden guy that occupies the White House right now. He is not president. Anyone thinks he is has lost their freaking mind. Yep. The Obamas are still running the government. Yeah, That's the way it is. That's why they move shop right down the street. They're still running it. Soros yeah. has got his hand in it. There's Biden a reason for why uh, there's a reason for why Susan Rice uh, is, is hanging around as much as she is and why she's always at the White House. Uh, you know, that is, mm-hmm. that is the puppet master. I mean, she may be getting her commands from somewhere else, but that's the puppet master. I mean, even Rick Scott, when we had him on the air one day, he said the same thing. Which, by the way, we're going to have him on next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. Cool. Well, hey, Patrick, it's good to hear from you. We're up against our break, so I got to run. Uh, thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Have a fantastic day, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is The Brian Rust Show. Good morning. The Brian Rust Show. Fighting for our country against those who hate it and doing it with a smile. Brian Rust is back on News Talk at 101. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. And uh, that is it for me. I got to go. Brian Kilmeade is on the way next. Don't forget, veterans, first responders, get to Newstalk101.com and get signed up for our big lunch. See you tomorrow. Northwest Florida's News Talk leader and home of the Brian Rust Morning Show. We are News Talk at 101.